The year is 1992. The Cold War is officially declared over. Microsoft releases 3.1 Windows. The acquittal of four officers in the savage beating of Rodney King leads to riots across L.A., ending in sweeping legislation to help end... Hold on. Nothing changed? Okay. Nothing changed. (laughs) Bill Clinton is elected president of the United States of America. The Church of England votes to allow women to become priests. Nirvana's classic Smells Like Teen Spirit is released. Here you are now. Can we entertain you? This is Frankenstein's Jukebox. James. Hi. Hi, Daniel. How are how, you? I'm great. Really, really great. Good to hear. And how are you? I'm doing quite well. Excellent. Fantastic. I am excited to be recording this episode for the first time ever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Peek behind the curtain <laughs> a little bit. Oops. We have to record this a second time. <laughs> Audio got lost the first time, so oops, we're doing this a second time. It'll just mean that it'll be uh, better. Better. It'll be, it'll be better. It'll be more streamlined and therefore better. Exactly. Like right. Yep. <laughs> so, James, tell yes. me, how was your 1992? So, 1992 would have been the end of third grade, the beginning of fourth grade. Great year for uh, great years for uh, for James in elementary school, um, Mrs. Hughes, Mr. Menzel, um, just you know really kind of hitting my stride. So it would be uh, you know just a couple more months after the end of 1992 before I'd be told that we were moving because I was really hitting my stride in uh, Nebraska. So <laughs> not bitter, not for sure, not thirty. One years of bitterness. That's not me. Yeah. So I mean, it was a good. It was a good time. I made a lot of friends. I think it. There was a really heavy snow, if I recall correctly. And it was. I like. I, I specifically remember the first day of fourth grade. Um, my friend Kevin and I uh, were in different fourth grade classes, and apparently mine was upstairs and his was downstairs. I just. I specifically remember coming, walking with him to school, and then being like, "All right, we'll see ya," and then you know, going up to mine and, and he went to his. So, you know, it was, we're, we're getting into, um, for me personally, I'm getting into a place where, uh, I'm just going to have some dim recollections, um, going forward. But that's what I remember about 1992. Back to you, Daniel. All right. Well, I was four. (laughs) Yeah. That's it. That's probably a sound you made. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I don't know what I had going on. I'm not going to pretend to know what I had going on. Yeah. You we definitely re- have reached the I, I, I well, part yeah. of my life. Yeah. From from 1982 forward, it was like smooth sailing, where you knew smooth what was going sailing. on. And 
Definitely. <laughs> Absolutely 100% coherent after 1992. No, I was not. Listener, remember, remember all the previous episodes before this one? Yeah. Right. This is like reverse timeline scavengers. <laughs> Everything's <Yes>. a flashback. <laughs> exactly. And if you haven't listened to Timeline Scavengers, go give it a listen. Yay! <laughs> it's a fun show where James and his co-host, Colin, put every scene of the Marvel Cinematic Universe into chronological order. Yeah. Like, we take every scene of our lives and put them in reverse chronological order and then give you a show on Frankenstein's Jukebox, the right. show you're listening to right now. Precisely. If you're just joining us, why? Why? Why, why are you tuning yeah, in? Listen, like it, like we love listen, it. It's fine. Yeah, maybe you're in a. We ain't complaining. No, we no. love to have you here. It's Thank just you like, so much for joining us. We love you. Do you like skip ahead five minutes? I mean, like that's cool. I just want to know more about your life. That's all. Whew. So yes, the uh, your summaries are getting shorter. Indeed, but our read you loud and clear segment has been dead for quite some time. It turns out I had one for last year. Next year, I had one for next year last time, but I didn't realize it. Shame. Yeah, it was quality stuff. Quality, quality stuff. It was not. But it does, yeah. it did have me uh, in maybe the last throes of attempting to use cursive in my civilian life, which would stop very soon after because. Impressive. That's the worst. Cursive sucks. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the band, well, we don't need to get into it. That's, that's more we don't like need to get into it. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. James. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about our honorable monsters. Ooh, yes, let's. It's not that they weren't good enough. It's not that they weren't up to snuff. It's just that we didn't pick them. So first, let's get to the Discord. So we threw it out in our Discord, seeing if anyone had any honorable monsters they wanted to share with us. And Briar said, yes. seize the day from the Newsies 1992 movie soundtrack. Yes. Yes. And then they said it was mostly a bit, but they also crossed that out. They said it was a bit? Uh, but they also crossed it out, saying it was also mainly not a bit. So, Great. you know... what? So in the Discord, you can say something, but you can also strike it through uh, to show that you don't really mean that thing. Got it, got it. So that's what they did in our Discord. Culture and, and colloquialisms that I am not as familiar with as, as Correct. might be. Right. Yes. Seize the Day, great song. Seize the Day is a great song. Yeah. I watched the Newsies in my middle school band class. In, oh, I want to say, seventh grade. Okay. That's been my only exposure to Newsies. What a weird place to show that. Yeah. It, it has music in it. It has music in it. This was also the same music teacher who used the, uh, the fact that music was in it as an excuse to take her band classes to go see the Lord of the Rings movies in theaters. I don't hate it. Good, no, good it was her. great. Good for her. <laughs> she and I bonded over a love of the fact that in Zelda Ocarina of Time, the clef for the music was a combination of the bass and treble clef, Ooh. and that we also bonded over Young Frankenstein. Aw, that's awesome. 
Yeah. I specifically remember watching Newsies uh, or pretending to be a character from Newsies during Bill Clinton's inauguration. I Mm. hid behind uh, uh, Lazy Boy with my rubber band and red marble, and I I pretended to be Spot Conlon, who at the time I thought was named Spot Collins because I thought his name was Spot Collins until we recorded Newsies Minute in in 20... 17 or something so it was a long time before i realized i had the last name wrong but that's just that's just how it goes as they say in newsies yes yep as they say yep that one yep yes great pick from briar who is a great indeed so james yes what were some of your honorable monsters this year well i i had you know, look, it's funny to, to, to actually do, like, all right, I'll pick a list, I'll narrow it down to six, and then I'll pick one from that and have five honorable monsters. Because the thinking about what could be a Frankenstein's jukebox pick is different from my favorite songs from 1992. I think Colin right. was sort of talking about this last uh, last episode. Yeah. With that said, let's go into the picks. <laughs> First off, uh, just a solid, um, a solid pick. I, I originally just had "Automatic for the People" by REM, narrowed it down uh, to "Night Swimming," uh, one of my favorite REM songs of all time. But "Night Swimming" is such a great song. I yeah. reference it all the time. I will often say, "Blank deserves a quiet blank," and no one gets what I'm referencing. Well, now our listeners will. "Night Swimming" deserves a quiet night. Yeah. So, but it's it's not like A B deserves a quiet A. It doesn't have to be like part of the original. Okay. It doesn't have to be no. But for the most part, it's generally along those lines. Fire trucks deserve a quiet fire sort of deal. Right, right. I love night swimming quite a bit, and uh, I love the imagery. But I also love all of automatic for the people. Uh, the first time I ever heard REM be like angry politically and uh it was jarring to realize that that was what was going on because yep yeah next up i had again a whole album because the whole album is great i actually confirmed that by listening to it today uh gordon by bare naked ladies their first album is just really really great i wanted to pick a song from it so uh hello city the first song is a really great song um and i wanted to pick it because i did do some research that I didn't have in front of me when we first recorded, so now I can have it and look like I had it. All, I had it the whole time, except for this part where I'm talking about how I didn't. The song "Hello City" does reference and interpolate a part of a song by the House Martins called "Happy Hour," and the House Martins are, in my mind, notable for having a gentleman named Norman Cook in their band. And Norman Cook would go on in the late '90s, mid to late '90s, to be called Fat Boy Slim. So, yes. It is a, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a great song. If you know Hello City, it's especially cool because you're like, here they go. They're about to say the thing. Yeah. You know, it's sort of a way that like, if you know a sample, when you hear the original song, it's like, yep. yeah. Yeah. I like the that first part. time that, uh, that that song came on, that House Martin song came on my Spotify suggested. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute. What? Wait a yeah. minute. What? <laughs> yeah. Hold on. What? <laughs> They're saying, what is happy hour again? What? <laughs> I've heard this before. Wait a minute. I know this. <laughs> there's a, there's a whole section. And it blew my of, mind. Yeah, I, I love when that happens, especially when I'm like, wait, 
do I know that from this song or do I know that from another song? Like, uh, there's a, a Get Up Kid song that just pulls from um, Close to You. It just has a whole, like, mm-hmm. the bridge is, like, the chorus to Close to You uh, by The Cure. And uh, it was a long time before I realized that I didn't know that from one song, but rather two different songs by two different bands doing the same nice. uh, words. Yeah. Love when that happens. So then we have So What You Want by the Beastie Boys which is specifically one that I would have pulled some fun aspects from. It's certainly not my favorite Beastie Boys song. I like the attitude. I like sort of the aesthetic of it. But there are better Beastie Boys songs. But I think that it would have been a very fun one to have as a as a pick. Though not as fun as the one I picked, obviously, because this is an honorable month. You know, it's a whole thing. Of course. Next up, I had Mariah Carey's cover of I'll Be There by the Jackson 5 that she did for MTV Unplugged. I seem to recall reading that she was basically like, all right, so we're done. And they're like, you should do an encore. And she's like, what should I do? And they're like, what about a cover? And then she just sort of busted into I'll Be There with uh, one of her backup singers singing the duet with her. And it's like an all-time classic kind of early 90s R&B deal that as far as I recall, was sort of like, I guess we'll do one more kind of deal, which is really fun. Yeah. And then finally, we have the Gin Blossoms uh, with Hey Jealousy. It's just a great song. I just like... It, it's a classic 90s song. It's a classic 90s song. The, that's, it's the kind of song where I, I put it down and then I was like, so what would you, what would you pull from it? Okay, maybe an honorable monster then. Like, <laughs> like yeah. it, it's, but there's probably lots of stuff to pull. Like what? great point okay so moving on moving on <laughs> precisely so that those are my honorable monsters for 1992 daniel i would love to know your honorable monsters for 1992 i'd love to share those with you we share a couple yes artists so i also went with rem automatic for the people i went with man on the moon great song Fantastic i song. loved that song as a kid without even understanding who it was about right uh, I didn't get the Andy Kaufman references at all. Right. But I loved the song. It's just got a groove to it that I really enjoyed. Remember, growing, I don't know if you had this experience growing up, but for me, there was an experience growing up where I was like, they're, they're, you know, for example, they're talking about some guy named Andy. I guess it's just some guy named Andy they're singing about. Some guy named Andy. Lyrics are weird. And then I moved on. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. They just decided to sing a song about Andy. Why wouldn't they? It's funny to uh, think back on those times. It is. It is indeed. I also went with uh, a song from The Cure Mm. uh, off their album Wish. I went with Friday I'm in Love. Fantastic song. Excellent song. Solid song. Hard hard to not go with a good Cure song, being a The Cure and the Smiths lover, as I am, as has been... Uh, firmly solidified within the walls of this podcast. Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair to say. Also, Peter Gabriel. I'm a fan of Peter Gabriel. Mm-hmm. And off Peter Gabriel's album Us, Kiss That Frog, which is a version of the Princess and the Frog uh-huh. in song form that's yeah. just uh, a lot of fun. Love it. Love that. And uh, lastly, as a, a reference... To my improv team, as this we use this song in a warm-up uh, and just kind of generally love it, this is our intro song for our show. Anytime we jump onto the stage, 
Killing in the Name by Rage Against the Machine off the album Rage Against the Machine. You know, people don't talk about this, but uh, Zach De La Rocha and Tom Morello actually uh, met in an improv class. It's uh, People don't talk about that a lot, but um, it's it's cool that you guys have, have brought that lore forward. Um, we, we keep it going. Yeah, we keep it going. Really, that's really cool. That's really cool. Exactly. So I could absolutely see Tom Morello in an improv class. No, there's not even. A, I would fucking love that. <laughs> I would see that so good. I could see Zach Delaroche jumping into an improv scene and just absolutely disrupting it, but not in the normal like I am a sex robot. Here's my penis way. Right. As much as a like, hey, fuck the man <laughs> type of way, and I love that. Absolutely, fantastic. Rage against the improv. Rage against the improv. <laughs> yes, against the machine. Yeah. Now that would be confusing for fans of the band. Yes. Yes, it would. It's but, a it's a Rage Against the Machine cover band where you use the lyrics from Yes songs and the tune from Rage Against the Machine songs. I love that. I think. <laughs> It's so complex. It's or perfect. my brain's breaking. I'm not sure which one it is, but I, I think it's a positive little anyway. bit of both. Yeah. Yes. Oh, uh, so great picks. I guess uh, now it's time to get into it. Let's get into James, it, James. Yeah. What did you pick for your song for 1992? 1992. I picked a song that I remember listening to with my mom as we drove from our town in Bellevue, Nebraska. To an adjacent town called Papillion, Nebraska, uh, where I had Taekwondo class. We had a tiny little Subaru Justy, which when I was eight years old, eight or nine years old in 1992, I thought it was very small then. I can't imagine getting into it now. What a wild time it was uh, for cars, I guess. I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm, not this, I'm not a car guy that everyone thinks I am. So there's lots of great songs that came out in 1992 that we, that we would listen to, but this one was an early favorite i i have to think this is probably my first favorite pop song that wasn't influenced by like a parent being like i really like this you should like this too sort of deal it is annie lennox with the song walking on broken glass from her debut solo album Mm. diva quite a change from uh, her time in the arrhythmics but uh a welcome change uh nonetheless i love it it is a solid pick yeah I think so, too. I first became familiar with that song while I was working in retail. Okay. And that okay. song played a whole bunch Oh, at Macy's oh, while no. I was working at Macy's. Well, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> there are songs that remind me of working in retail that I'm like, ugh. And then there are songs where I'm like, nah, this was, a, this was one of the highlights. Like when I, like Muppets from Space soundtrack, for example. Oh, God, the Muppets from Space soundtrack is golden as golden as that movie is which is a top tier movie absolutely for sure for sure (sighs) oh retail ruining things all over the place anyways daniel james what did you pick what are you bringing to the table here in 1992 you mentioned bare naked ladies and the album gordon i did i did one of my favorite albums from one of my favorite bands Mm. And uh, one of the first songs I learned how to play on guitar, uh, when I was learning guitar back in 2006, 2007, I learned to play the chords for this song, which is mostly a chords-driven song. It is The Flag by Bare Naked Ladies. 
Mm. It is a kind of dark, kind of depressing song, which is, you know, kind of my jam. (laughs) Right, 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 right. Yes, yes, yes. And it's got a lot going on with it that I just really love. So, yeah, it's my pick. It's one of those things. It's kind of a deeper cut, if I recall. It's sort of near the end. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's one of those things where you're like, boy, this album has gone all over the place. Discussion of new kids on the block and box sets and all sorts of... Wait, what's this? Oh, wait a minute. Everyone, shh, shh, I need to listen to this. Like, it's it's a, it's a a kind of a set piece of, of the album. Kind of like a... It's one of the songs that where if, if people would know that song they wouldn't be so much clown princes of rock with bare naked ladies like they do that too but this is a this is one of the early proofs proofs that like they could also do serious somber introspective thoughtful lyrics and uh yeah yeah it's a it's a great great song for sure such a good song Mm. all right well (sighs) yes Let's just jump right into our aspects, James. Yes, let's jump right into them. Hit me with the aspects that you have for Walking on Broken Glass by Annie Lennox. Well, you know, uh, here's another peek behind the curtain. We, Knowing that we were going to have to re-record, I did give myself the opportunity to change one of the aspects that I was feeling sort of on the fence about. Okay. And then I sort of brought the idea up to uh, a trusted friend and was immediately talked out of it. So here's that aspect. Uh, Walking on Broken Glass is something that also happens in Die Hard, uh, the first Die Hard movie. And so my first aspect is that uh, I would like the plot uh, or imagery of the song to reflect something that happens in one of the Die Hard movies. Whether it's an image like, you know, walking on broken glass is a pretty abstract sort of, yeah, that does happen to happen through like plane hijackings or riddles. Riddles with Samuel L. Jackson, which is what I call uh, Die Hard 3. Yep. (laughs) Basically the same thing. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So that's my first aspect is uh, plot or imagery related to Die Hard movies. Next up, we have a the lead singer doing multiple layered background vocals. In this song, Annie Lennox sings lead, obviously, but if you listen to what's going on with the background singers, it's it's clear that it's also that's also Annie Lennox. It's Annie Lennox yep. is all the way down, as uh, the Eurythmics used to say. And uh, so I like that you know it, I like when when musicians do their own background vocals, but they put like sauce on the background like you know one of the background singers sort of doing a run and one of the background singers sort of giving attitude like but it's all you but you're kind of playing different characters that's kind of what she does here with the background singers it's if you aren't listening it sort of feels like oh yeah and her background singers are also doing their stuff cool and then when you realize it's her for me personally it's like that's fun it's kind of like playing all the characters in your movie but it's a it's a song and not a uh nutty professor movie People often confuse uh, Walking on Broken Glass with a Nutty Professor movie, but I'm here to say they're different. And finally, uh, my last aspect, uh, and this is sort of a nebulous one that we can kind of explore. Kind of a Baroque aesthetic. I guess I sort of mean kind of ostentatious, harpsichordy, kind of dangerous liaison-y kind of stuff, like gilded 
wiggy sort of stuff. I get like I think that I'm a, a little bit influenced by the music video, which I've seen once or twice. But something about this song, and I think again, I think it's whatever instrument sounds to in my ears like like something close to a harpsichord, putting me in the mind of sort of uh, one of those you know a ball sort of deal. Okay. So a Baroque aesthetic, uh, which we can interpret uh, fairly loosely or generally as, as we see fit. I love it. So those are my aspects. Daniel, what are we bringing from the flag uh, to our song promise? Yes. So the first aspect that I picked is an empowering song about a breakup. Yes. Okay. Uh, which is exactly what this song is. It is, like I said earlier, kind of dark and depressing. Right. There's a lot of sad shit in it, Mm -hmm. but also the protagonist of the song ends shit with the shitty, abusive fuck face of a boyfriend. Mm. For sure. In the the song, uh, I would say. Would you agree with that? that assertion of the characteristics of the characters in this song. I would say yes. Great. I just realized so I was em- about to, yeah. Yes. An empowering song about a breakup is Correct. my first yes. aspect. 100%. Uh, my second aspect is a low stringed instrument provides the bass line. Mm-hmm. There is a uh, bass, it sounds like a bowed bass, a bowed upright bass. Right. It's beautiful. Maybe it's a cello. Uh, it's hard to tell specifically, but it's so gorgeous. It's very pretty. And that is what I want as the baseline for this song. Mm-hmm. And then for my third aspect, the outro to this song sounds completely different from the rest of it. It's a yes. very like, there's this, there's these like almost fireworks of notes going off yeah. of just like little dings. And it's the the lyrics are very kind of positive and hopeful so i have the outro sounds hopeful as my third aspect yeah absolutely it for some reason when i think of the end of the flag i i picture kind of a sunrise at the end of a long night sort of a dark night of the soul sort of deal the kind of hopefulness where it's like i'm not sure what the day's going to hold but it's it's getting it's getting more light outside. Um, yes, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely agree. To- oh, fantastic aspects. Fantastics. No, not, no, no, no. Fantastics. Fantastics. The glasses endorsed by Frank Sense Jukebox. Yes. <laughs> so let's take a look at the different aspects that we have. Yes. Uh, as usual, I like to separate them out into music, lyric, and others. Mm-hmm. Uh, musically, we have a Baroque aesthetic, low-stringed instrument providing the bass line, and the outro sounding hopeful. Yes. Lyrically, we have the imagery or plot relating to something that happens in a Die Hard movie. <laughs> the lead singer doing multiple layered background vocals. Right. And empowering song about a breakup as well as the outro sounding hopeful lyrically. Yes. And for any others, I have the outro sounding hopeful. I put that in all three aspects. Right. Yeah, I agree with that. So we've got a lot to work with here. We for sure do. We for sure do. 
and we find ourselves at uh, another crossroads, which is, and my and Daniel, you'll know my inclination right away. Uh, the we have the option of saying, "Here's what we came up with last time," so right. we're going to do that. However, I came up with exactly two lines of lyrics that I don't really like. So, a beautiful. If we want, I was trying to work in Yippie Kaye, motherfucker, into a waltz, and it just doesn't. It just doesn't. Not at all surprised that you would be trying to work that in. Um, actually, since we have it, let me let me tell you what I had here, just uh, just for um, you know, the sake of of full disclosure. You told me to give. You told me to get off of my high horse. Well, yippee kaye, motherfucker, was uh, what I came up with. Uh, so I'm not, as you might expect super uh bound to what we came up with before i wouldn't be upset if we if we decided to to go that same way but we do have another opportunity to sort of uh re-look at these puzzle pieces and see if they go together in a different way if we wanted them to yes that said i don't know <laughs> for instruments we just have the hopeful outro and the low uh string bass line and a baroque aesthetic and a baroque Hold on, aesthetic. let me take that again and a Baroque aesthetic. Right, 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 right. Okay, yes, yes, yes. Honestly, this feels like an indie art house rock song. Mm-hmm. That's like trying too hard, uh-huh. if that makes sense. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So like, uh, wow. Right now, right now is the opportunity uh, to call out like a specific band and just really put like one or two bands on blast. I'm, I'm going to... I'm going to hate saying this because it's one of my favorites, but Neutral Milk Hotel. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. I think I was thinking it. I think I was thinking it a different way. Okay. What were you thinking? I was thinking, I don't know what it was that put me in the mind of like the strokes and the vines and the white stripes and sort of that garage New York stuff. Uh, okay. But uh, that's not what you said. And I don't know where I went on the on-ramp to a different highway. Okay, so interesting. So kind of what's pretentious but good? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> pretentious but good. Right. Cerebral. I think cerebral is a good uh word for pretentious but good. Sure. Like a thinking person's, you know, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And now and that does allow for kind of some, you know, out there imagery or um you know, kind of go with me on this ana- analogies, which would allow for the diehard stuff. Oh, all about filling up bottles of water. Right. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, you've pinpointed the exact part. With that part in Die Hard 3 is the same for me as the one of us always tells the truth and one of us always lies of Labyrinth. I'm like, wait, I know, wait, I've heard this. Hold on. It's that, uh, hold on. And and then I just I just start staring into space. Both of them in the exact same like way. Yep. So yes, uh, Labyrinth is basically the Die Hard three of David Bowie movies. I think we can all agree with that. Um, Labyrinth yeah. is Die Hard three. That is probably our episode title. <laughs> it's, it feels like it's it's just a step away from like. Uh, David Bowie could do Die Hard three, but Bruce Willis couldn't do Labyrinth. I think that I, I think I agree with that. I think I endorse that. Yep, for sure. Agreed. I mean, what is Jeremy Irons but David Bowie without uh, a music career? 
since we're throwing spaghetti at the wall, I'm just saying things now. If if we're gonna, yeah, if we're just saying <laughs> things, let's just say things. <laughs> They're both British, and that's the same to me. Um, Effectively, basically, sixty percent of people in the UK just got really mad, and I and I won't understand why because I'm American. So um, yeah, I think that an art house sort of uh, cerebral kind of college indie rocky sort of stuff is is a good is a good way to go for sure because then you can have i mean like it means that you don't have like required or or sort of uh generally used instrumentation or like you it sort of has a vibe of its own like independent of like oh this has to have a banjo or else it's not x y or z um yeah yeah okay all right that seems good to me yeah, I think we're in a pretty good place. Cool. We're in a pretty good place with this. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think that uh, I, I'm, I'm thinking of doing kind of a TLDR uh, diehard rewatch real quick, just to sort of, for Frankenstein's Jukebox homework, of course. Of course. Um, and, uh, yeah. Um, but I think that, you know, I'm going to get real, like, kind of like you know in a way a breakup is kind of like the storming of nakatomi plaza sort of deal i like you know, it get in sort of a mood for christmas yeah cool that sounds good to me perfect awesome well daniel we did it james we did i'm proud of us i'm really proud of us also too i love you i love you i love our show i also love our show for sure where can people who want to find more of you find more of you? People who want to find more of me can find more of me on Twitter at Unabashed James. Basically, when I'm on something and there's a tweet about it, I will retweet that tweet. And that's a great place to find out where I am. And also, sometimes I just think of funny little things to write and just write them down. Love just it. like a one sentence something or like, hey, these words sound alike. You know, just sort of fun little stuff. Also intense political rant. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. We have fun here. At Unabashed James. At Unabashed James. And Daniel, where can people find you if they want to find more of you? If you want to find more of me, you can find me basically anywhere at Dantendo64. I post all sorts of stuff. I post puzzles, jokes, riddles, games... I do a lot of hyping up stuff that I'm involved in. I do a lot of hyping up stuff that my friends are involved in. I do a lot of hyping up existential crises. So you can find me on Twitter, Snapchat, Blue Sky, Instagram, all that good stuff, wherever you need to find me. Just picturing Flavor Flav hyping up an existential crisis. It's a fun, yep. it's a fun image. Looking it's at a fun image. Looking at the large clock necklace, just sort of like panicking. Being like, oh my god, what is what time? time? Oh god. Oh my god, what <laughs> is time? It's great. So, as always, you can find our show on Twitter or X at Frank's Jukebox. Mm-hmm. And you can find Scavengers Network. The just Google Scavengers Network. There's mm. so much, so many ways to find us. For sure, we've got so many great spots, so many great shows we're a part of, mm-hmm. uh, and things that we're doing. 
just check it out. Scavengers Network is such a great network of creators that have so many hands and so many pies. Absolutely. Other than that, I think that's all that we've got. So, James. Yes. See you last year. Woo!